Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. And a DLF family of podcasts. That's stuff we all get. Swags. Can you do that again? <laughs> I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't think I could. Oh, man. There's a, that's a theme, and I've got a. Wait, wait, was that it? Was that the theme that I have to pay oh, attention no. to? You'll never get it. I'm going to throw it. The, the early bird gets the worm. The second mouse gets the cheese. All right, all right. That's Jake the Snake. What's up, everybody? Uh, first of all, beer is the worst type of alcohol, and pickles suck. Man, you're a wow. bad Coloradan, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Dynasty Angry Guy. I am not angry. I am not crazy. I'm a madman. <laughs> and my wife has a cat. She's had it for like 15 years, but it likes me better than it likes her. Ouch. Dang. You have a reason to be the angry guy. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's me. It's me. It's that old SFD. <laughs> Dedicated to Mr. JTB in loving memory. This is the Super Flex Super Show, and you'll recognize one of our uh, one of our co-hosts here, uh, Jake the Snake, Jacob Vines. He was just on last week, and if you've been keeping up with Super Flexible, you will also recognize the melodious vocal stylings of Jeremy Bro and the Dynasty Madman. Here's what you don't know, though. These are the newest members of the super team right here. These are these are co-hosts. These are staples. These these guys are here with the super show, here with super flexible, here with the entire team from now on. Like this is this is the team, boys. And you know what? This this depth <laughs> this depth right here would make the 49ers wide receiving core jealous. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we're actually healthy bodies that can go out there and catch the football, and they definitely lack that this week. That's Starting right. Ross Dwelly. Yeah. Yeah. Who? What? Who? <laughs> so I segued that so smoothly, so I think maybe we should probably start there. Who the hell is playing wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers? 
Uh, Trent Taylor, maybe. Richie yeah. James, maybe. Ross Dwelly at tight end, maybe. And then their running back, uh, whoever's playing this week. Honestly, they haven't. I don't think <laughs> they have anyone else on their depth chart on their roster right now. Yeah. So it's Hasty McKinnon. That's kind of it at running back. Yep. Trent Taylor at wide receiver. Lots of t- two tight end yeah. sets. Yep. But I mean, does that make Trent Taylor just like a must start? I mean, if everything's getting funneled to him, like, don't you, like, or, or what are it, what are your expectations for Trent Taylor? I have none, honestly. I'll let yeah. you guys go. I really think it's a it's a it's going to be a running back sort of tight end hodgepodge. Just like nineteen um, twenty yeah. style football, yeah. where yeah, like, two backs, two tight ends, whatever. But the the love's going to go through the running game and, and some throws of the tight ends, and and whoever's at wideout is just going to be kind of last in the in the pecking order. And I wouldn't count on any of those guys to get much. That's me. Hasty and everything else goes to wasty. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. I think it'll be the McKinnon show for sure because, like, we have Nick Mullins in, you know, the the QB two on the team. Some people argue that he should be over Jimmy G. Eh, I'm not there yet, but yeah, Hasty, maybe McKinnon, wide receiver one, potentially, maybe. There you go. There you yeah, go. I like it. I do like Mullins better than Garoppolo. I get it. Uh, Garoppolo's got a a really accurate pass when he, when he's when he does it. I don't know. I think hanging out with porn stars has polluted his uh, quarterbacking ability. I really do. Nick Mullins is the rah rah guy. He's like the Derek Carr on your roster. He's like the guy that everybody loves. The whole team loves. There's nobody holds anything against him. They want him to be a quarterback, but is he really good enough at passing the football and accurately to be the quarterback? I mean, I think. I really think with enough reps that he would be as good as Garoppolo in fantasy football for sure. Um, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know if he's just doesn't fit that offense, but that dude's personality is like, take charge. This is my team. I don't think there's a step off from Garoppolo. In fact, I would argue that I, I think more people on that team would respond to him than Garoppolo. It's just whether he has, you know, the, the makings of passing the football as well. I mean, Garoppolo, people forget that dude is super accurate with the football. I mean, not during games, but like if you let him go out there and try to like throw darts at balloons, he's, he's going to do it. I mean, he is, he is a great passing motion and, and he's accurate during the game. I don't know what he's thinking. Big boobs. I don't know. <laughs> so he's great at carnival games. <gasps> But uh, yeah, as a as an NFL quarterback, man, right. like <laughs> I've kind of been feeling this for a while. Uh, that I mean, to me, Nick Mullins is probably the best quarterback on that roster, anyways. Um, and now, I mean, now now we're gonna get another extended look. And so, full disclosure, I mean, there's there's a handful of things that I want to try to get to on this episode of the Super Flex Super Show, but. You know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure and do, uh, I'm kind of doing things backwards. You know how like when you're interviewing somebody going in for the hire and you go stalk their social media to make sure that they're not completely nuts. Uh, We hired you guys first. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And now I'm stalking your social media to make sure that you're completely nuts and going to be the perfect <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous over here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that there's some, uh, I think there's some 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 decent material here. So one yeah. of the things that I wanted to make sure to get to, I mean, this I was gonna get to this part later in the show, but I mean, here, we're here. We we I don't know how we got here so fast, but we're here. 
So we got to start with you, snakes. If right. here's a here's a tweet from from Jacob Vines. If Mullins is Nick Mullins is on your Superflex Dynasty waiver wire, I would spend fifty percent of my total Fab budget from the start of the season on him. You're yes. you're you're putting a healthy amount on him, assuming that he's gonna he's gonna be a contributor for you, not just you know not just bench fodder, not just depth. Like I think it sounds to me like you're planning on playing him for, I mean, a significant amount of time. If if that's the amount that you want to put on him, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with the with the value at all. But uh, uh, I still uh, would like to hear you defend it. Yeah. So I I really see Fab in general in Dynasty as more uh, just money to spend just to see how the players are. And Nick Mullins was already the QB 15 last week. And that was only on like 46% of the snaps. So he already showed that he can be a high-end QB2. And I know we just talked about all the weapons he lost. So this coming up week's not going to be that that you know fantastic week. But if Jimmy G misses like four or five weeks, he's someone that, you know, I would play easily over like Sam Darnold right now, like pretty dang easily. And also we're dealing with some injuries here and there. And I know John, you posted, you know, you need that quarterback in your in your super flex. And if you're struggling at quarterback, I drop a hundred percent of my fab on Nick Mullins. You know, I I'm not really that nervous about spending fab. Uh, if you really like want to get players, that's why you should be on top of the waiver wire. And I don't, I don't think we mentioned this last time, but like, you know, you should be adding guys that, that could potentially start, you know, like yeah. don't be, don't be leaving your guys like the Nick Mullins on your waiver wire. Like I was sad. I looked at all my waiver wires and he was off of them. And I was like, dang that's it guys, crazy. like what are y'all doing? Yep. Uh, but a lot of my leagues are pretty deep, so that's why. But, yeah, QB 15 last week, yeah, I dropped 50%. Even before that, that's smart, Jacob, I think. I, I mean, I'm really uh, – I'm surprised that he's still available like that. Um, you know, backup quarterback on a good team. Yeah, You know, they run the ball a lot, but still, the, the quarterback for San Francisco has been pretty valuable. But, you know, yards per attempt, Nick Mullins, he's behind Deshaun Watson ahead of Kirk Cousins. Completion percentage. Um, he's up there too in that capacity. Um, he's like the ninth ranked quarterback behind Derek Carr ahead of Ryan Fitzpatrick guys who are slinging the shit out of the football. He's got <laughs> yeah. high completion completion percentage. And this is a backup quarterback. Didn't know he was starting coming off the bench. Um, there are things to like about Nick Mullins and you know, there are things that people want to hit, um, too and say that he shouldn't be the long-term starter but that's not the point that you're making he should be on your roster as a backup quarterback and in this game I mean a, a backup quarterback on any good football team and San Francisco is not a bad football team so you get the backup quarterback coming up after Garoppolo goes down I mean honestly I'm surprised he's not on every uh, you know acquired in every league out there yeah that's the thing so and, and my favorite part of that tweet thread was and and you just mentioned it again is i mean just fab really doesn't have nearly as much value as people think you know there's there's not a whole lot that you can do with it in season it, which by the way i mean that's why we always say that quarterbacks are cheapest in the draft because that's the last freaking time they're available that's, that's right it. yeah they're, they're not again. available after that you're not going to get them again right yeah it, like, when are you going to find a multi-week starter on waivers, you know, once your startup draft is over, once your, you know, once your rookie draft is over? Like, Nick Mullins is is a little bit of a unicorn. I mean, it happens every year we get, uh, you know, a couple of these guys. 
you've got 11 other teams fighting you for that one guy who just so happened to be available on waivers. So right. now's not the time to, you know, to hold back that, that fab and act like this, you know, there's a better opportunity to spend it coming up. Right. Yeah. And also, John, I mean, the thing is, each week, your, your money becomes less and less valuable. Yep. It's most valuable early in the season when you get the best players off the waiver wire. As the season goes on, the chance of you getting a diamond in the rough, a, a rough, a good player that's going to help your team becomes less and less. And you're, so your dollars become more watered down. So, you know, spend them. If you end the season with money in the bank, and I've done it, if you end the season with money in the bank, you're probably, and they say this on Twitter all the time, you're not doing it right. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> if you end up with money in the bank at the end of the season, why did you not spend it on something to help your team? Trade yeah. it away, buy something. Don't don't let it, because you're not, most leagues, you're not carrying that to the next year. You need to spend it, you, you know, or you lose it. I agree. And I mean, even if you're out of contention, I think you should be actively seeing if anybody's available that you could either find value in a trade partner or somebody that might be good for your team in the future. Like you can still check those waiver wires for players like Nick Mullins, like, um, man, but I mean, how lucky to get him. I mean, if he would have been on my team already, that that's pretty fun. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Like I, I definitely tried to own him in every league I was in. I there may have been one, you know, the short, the shallower leagues. It's tough when you have twenty four players on your roster. You really have to be adept at like being careful and backing your team up. But beyond that, you know, thirty and plus, like he should be owned for sure. Um, he's one of the guys. I mean, he started before and he did well when he started. It's not like you're looking at you know some random guy, Matt Barkley or something like that. You're looking at a guy that contributed to his team and, and, you know, created fantasy points when he got an opportunity. So, you know, maybe it's not long lived, but still he, he did that before. So he should probably be at the top of your list. Mm -hmm. So let's say you do have on your team and you're either out of contention or you're very, very deep at quarterback. You're very comfortable at quarterback. Are you keeping him? Do you feel like the value it's worth moving on from him or do you just keep him? Because I mean, you're probably not getting a first from somebody, right? I mean, uh, for me, I mean, I, I've kind of thought about it even on the teams where I feel like I'm either, again, out of contention or have plenty of depth. I'm like, well, I don't think I can get enough to care about trading him away to somebody else at this point. I, I don't know where you I guess it would that. depend on my depth at quarterback. Honestly, it would just depend on my depth at quarterback. If somebody wanted to give me something for Nick Mullins, I would, of course, move him. But it would just depend on whether it moved moved me or not. Uh, or if I needed Nick I'm Mullins, offering you a second. A 2021 yeah. second. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if I mean, if I didn't have a great need at quarterback, I would definitely because I don't expect him to continue to be the starter necessarily. Maybe on another team, like we've all talked about, maybe he becomes a starter on some team as a bridge quarterback or something. But still, I, I think I'd rather have the second, um, unless He's I'm in only twenty five intention. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he could help another team in the NFL, but who knows, right? I'd, I'd rather have the second, I think, than to wonder. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they both I, take the second. What about you, John? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, man, it's, it's tough to, to give up a, I, and here's one thing that we, we deal with quite a bit. Um, I'm, I deal with it on Twitter. 
uh, drives me freaking nuts is the whole projecting draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're kind of getting to a point now where you can start to somewhat project those picks. You can definitely get them within, you know, a, a, a quadrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, whether they're in the last quarter or the top yeah. quarter of the league, yeah. probably top 14, bottom 14. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think, I, I think we're kind of there now. I, I still wouldn't feel comfortable saying, Oh, it's going to be two Oh one, you know? Um, and, and that's, I think that that's kind of the, the range it, I would You're getting the contenders second. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I could do it. So who knows where they honest. finish, you know? I mean, you're getting, so you're probably getting 208 to 212. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, what are you going to do with the late second? That's going to be more useful to you than Nick Mullins. If you know, one of your rubber stamp starting quarterbacks does go down, you know? Makes sense. That's, I get what you're saying, but yeah, it's 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 close. I think, um, you know, it's it's probably the value is probably there, and I think that this does pretty easily confirm the idea that you know fifty for fifty percent of your starting fab, that's that's kind of the minimum, right? I, for, for a quarter, a starting quarterback position like that, yeah, especially. <laughs> Especially a long-term guy. Here's here's one I'm I'm kind of curious about you guys. You know, what's your fab value? What's your draft pick? You know, your trade value. But Jake Jake Lutton. You know, it looks like we're gonna get a start out of him. Yep. Swags, I know you're a Minshew guy, <laughs> so, so apologies <laughs> that we no, have no. to that we have to have this discussion. But uh, yeah, it, it has to happen, John. It, it has to, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Adult conversation time about Gardner I mean, Minshew. But you know how 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 comfortable are we with the idea that he's coming back into that role? You know relatively soon after you know maybe missing one game and just going to hold that job for the rest of the season and i want to know what uncle rico said to jake letton like uncle rico came in and talked him up and was like dude i live in a van out here you know on the prairie and i'm telling you right now dude you got this you can do this oh man um i definitely uh i mean it's changed my perspective I, I, I wonder if it's the injury, too, and if he will be back. He definitely has, hasn't played as well as we wanted him to, but I think it's more of a team thing as well. If you look at some of Gardner's numbers, it hasn't been as awful as we want to. We want That's one player we want to base it off the wins. You know what I mean? And then there's other players where we want to base it off what they do in, for us in fantasy, and people haven't cared what Gardner did for fantasy. They've cared about the wins, and he doesn't have them. Um, I think we're all kind of watching that situation because we know his job could be in jeopardy. I think he gets another chance this year, though, when he's back. I mean, that's my my glass is half full, but it is about to tip over. Um, I mean, so the situation, I mean, I have Gardner all over the place. So I have been looking at those teams and I have been looking at um, ways to make sure I'm comfortable for the future. Um, And Gardner has no value to me or to other people as far as trade values. So. I think I do. I'm looking at those teams with kind of a caution flag and um, looking around leagues at like cheap options that I, I think could have some future to them as well, just so I have a little bit of depth in other areas. So I'm worried, but I think he'll get another shot. I'm not as worried about this season as I am like the entire future and him as a starting quarterback for the Jags. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Swags, on that. I think he'll get another chance. Uh, and speaking on your point, John, I think I dropped 50% of my fab on Lut- or, uh, Lutton or however you pronounce his name, but uh, it's just going to be one of those things that you have a potential starting quarterback. You know, like that's something that I'll always spend a high percentage of my fab. And also one thing, uh, Swags and I actually had a conversation at the start of the season about quarterbacks like Haskins and Minshew and talking about, you know, is it time to move them? Is it not? Because uh, I had Haskins in a league, and I was debating if I should make a trade, like trade him away, and uh, I reluctantly did not. And so it gets to an interesting discussion of like with those quarterbacks that are, you know, I was very uh, concerned with Minshew going into the season. I didn't think the Jags would be getting a ton of wins, and they they obviously haven't so far. I'm not going to say it's all Minshew's fault. I didn't expect it to be Minshew's fault. But they could easily, you know, be in that Trevor Lawrence tier or, or Fields or, you know, anybody like that. So how do you look at those quarterbacks and decide, you know, is it time to move them to try to, you know, get a, a vet that can can help you out this year? You know, like trade a Haskins in a 2021 second for for Brady at the start of the season, you know, something like that to to help you help you for this year. What do you all think? So I I didn't actually know how to say his name either. I just kind of went for it. But I like I think that I feel like that's it, it, it's pretty important to say it with some confidence. Like how how am I supposed to trade him and get any kind of value back if I can't even say his name right, or at least like like, and, it, like I, dude, make it like rootin' tootin' lootin' or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, wait, is, fancy luton? If, luton. yeah. Something, is it you know? is it Luton? Is it Lutton? Is it Luton? How do you? I was going to say I'm a Lutton for punishment, so I'm waiting for uh, Minshew <laughs> to come back and definitely start again <laughs> this year. Uh, I, Lutton has a good arm and um, throws downfield better than Minshew. I get it, and and maybe maybe things work well, but it's doubtful that he just lights it up and like makes that team forget about Minshew. I think when Minshew's thumbs healed and everything's working, he's probably coming back. So it's more of an intermediate intermediate step, but. But still, not to say you shouldn't spend that money. You should. I think um, you're keeping that quarterback away from another player, and maybe you're giving yourself another player at the quarterback position. I think that's the the uh, money well spent for sure on uh, Lutton or Luton. Yeah. But but then the next the next phase of that is if that happens, and he does come back, and if he plays, that's when you have to try to find a way out now. Like, um, don't even, if I, even if I get too excited and I talk you back and don't let me talk you back into Gardner, like there's going to be a buy opportunity and it, your heart isn't going to want to let go. Like, um, man, John, you and I talked about this once in one of the Voxer chats with, uh, Mitch Trubisky and kind of how, like I had a lot of shares and I knew as soon as he had a couple games, like I needed to sell and I didn't. At all, because I got a little too wrapped up and had another <laughs> starting quarterback. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. You know, like I've got a third option or a fifth option at quarterback. Like, how cool, you know, yeah. I kind of thought yeah. he was going to do this. And then game two and a half, like, you know, he was done. And now he's got a shoulder injury. And I mean, it's even worse. And um, you have to take advantage of those opportunities and use your head, not your heart, because your heart just messes with you. Well, so does your head. I mean, man, you don't want to be in my head. But it, it messes with you, man. But you, you need to make sure yeah. you're taking advantage of I mean, look, how does the Mike Davis owners feel right now? Quite honestly, like, you know, those are the things where you know these situations are coming up. You know you can only have it for so long. 
Like, and then you're just left with nothing. You have to take advantage of those situations. Use them in your lineup. Get your wins. If you're not going to use them in your lineup, you get rid of them and you you get picks. You don't need to want have like this situation where you crush it. You don't need to think that Chase Daniels all of a sudden has more value today. It's just like you he's worth a third or a fourth, no matter who that's you That's the toughest to. thing for like, me. You know, so I mean, that's the toughest you, thing for me to, to oh, decide yeah. what you're saying right now. Do I insulate myself further with these players or do I have enough of them and can I trade them? Do I, you know, do I move them? Do, can I gain some kind of value from them other than just having them sitting on my bench? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the constant sort of like, you know, we all do it. Like, how can I improve my roster churning the last few guys, you know, picking up guys, cutting guys, trading guys. But yeah. sometimes we sit there with, players on our roster that someone would pay for that maybe we don't really need, but we have yep. them there simply for insulation. What What's too much or too little insulation? It's it's tough sometimes for me to make that call on my teams, especially the better teams. The better teams I have, the more depth I want because I don't want to lose my stake at the top. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm willing to take risks and have a thinner depth chart yeah. when I'm a worse yeah. team to I get mean, better players. And I don't know that that always works in my favor, but that's kind of the way I play. Even like Justin Jackson right now, like that's kind of an example of somebody that people are going to get too excited about, want to ride it out a little bit longer, a little bit longer. I mean, Gio Bernard, for crying out loud, like a couple weeks ago, if you weren't using him, you could have got an easy third just to add to your team. Like contention's not always about like right now. It's also about like building like a, a proper cycle to your future as well. And when you have those opportunities, I think you just need to make them. The teams that also like, keep themselves sort of in one little they don't um diversify their roster having like Aaron Rodgers a bunch of young players at running back a bunch of young wide receivers you know one good tight end and a bunch of young guys they don't like age profile they just have a bunch of young players and they keep trying to do that it would be better to have at least a few old guys that are still contributing and then only replace those two or three guys, reload, replace those two or three guys, reload, and have a profile of a sort of middle tier of guys, wide receivers under, you know, 29, running backs under 25. Keep the just you can keep doing that. You could keep reloading a team like that if you if you if you started out that way, you could maintain that for a long time. You're you're only replacing the old, you know, the veteran players. But people always are, key. oh, my God, I don't want Julio Jones anymore. I don't want A.J. Green. I, I have to go younger. Is now the right time to go younger, though? Can you afford to have one of those guys and just replace them in the offseason and have at least a veteran player? Because it could be the difference between making the playoffs or not. I just think people focus on sometimes just lose sight of, like, the forest for the trees kind of playing. Like, you need to have good players, too. Don't worry about how old they are if they're still contributing in some way. But but yeah. I got Van Jefferson added on to Chase Claypool. <laughs> Ageism is that, uh... is so real in, in fantasy football. And yeah, people people just keep thinking, you know, I want a solid dynasty team. I want to make a dynasty without thinking, you know, championships are the most important part. And you know, like one thing for myself, like I have a team that's more of a retooling team and I had Logan Thomas, JD McKissick, and Keelan Cole on this team that I, you know, got through the waiver wire. And I traded them away for Latavius Murray in a 2022 third, then moved Murray for a 2021 second. Like, that's the moves. Like, you, I would take a 2022 second, you know, like just get some picks in there for these guys. Because if you're playing in a league that does, say, potential points, you don't want those guys scoring points on your bench. And then if you have a 
league that's doing just general standings, you want to score the lowest points. You want to get that 1.01. Yeah, think of value. Think of assets. Like, what what's the best return you can get? Because you can always flip it to someone else, you know. Trading for OBJ might not sound sexy, but a lot of people love OBJ. And you can probably, as soon as he's healthy, flip him for a tremendous profit. And um, just by sitting on him for, you know, a while, especially if you're not a contending team, for instance, right now, just do it as like a, a asset appreciation, if you will, something like that. Like always con- consider what, you know, what the appreciation might be, what, what the best move you can make value wise and um, always kind of keep adding to your, and you don't always have to consider value when you make that kind of a move, but it should be something that you consider at least when you do make a trade. Am I gaining an asset that's going to appreciate? Yeah. And I mean, contenders and non-contenders can use those picks completely differently to still help themselves in, in season and down the road. Like, uh, I mean, say you, you get a second for Nick Mullins. We'll, we'll just say hypothetically, I don't know if I like this, but this is what we're doing. So we just traded Nick Mullins. We got a second. Now we can use that second and throw it at the, Travis Fulgham owner, which works. Trust me, I've tried it. And now you get like a future piece to add to your team, or maybe you throw a third at, you know, somebody that has Donovan Peoples Jones or something like that. And then you, you can still build with those picks now in certain ways. I don't know. I mean, I, I like that because I personally would, I would do a 2021 second over Mullins just because of the stability. If I'm a retooling, rebuilding team, uh, obviously, I would you know want to be comfortable at quarterback, but we we mentioned Mullins, but we still have players like Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett, uh, even Andy Dalton before the DAC injury, even like Alex Smith, Robert Griffin III, like all these guys that potentially half of them are on your waiver wire. If you're a retooling team, put them on your bench, and if they start, move them yeah, for a third, absolutely. a 2022 third, like get something out of them. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks on good teams, backup quarterbacks on good teams, um, you know, even Chad Henney behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, A.J. McCarron is somebody that I own in a lot of places behind Deshaun Watson, but certainly, you know, uh, Robert Griffin behind Lamar Jackson, stuff like that on a good team. Um, and then, obviously, the rocky situations at quarterback maybe pick up those guys too, but you're right. As soon as those guys become starters, somebody is going to want them, and you can – make a profit. Just all, all you did was pick them up for free from the waiver wire and you instantly turn a profit as soon as they become a starter. You don't know which ones you can't have them all, you know, you know, pick, get, get all the ones from the good offenses and, you know, go from there. One of them's bound to play at some point. I'm going to make you a little bit jealous. I got Jalen hurts off the waiver wire in one of my leagues, 13 fab. And that was it. Super flex. 13 fab. Wow. Good for you. It's nuts. Yeah. How many uh, roster spots is that? It's it's 30 roster wow. spots. There's no IR, though, at all. But I, I felt pretty good about it. My team's I'm a retooling so team. Yeah. yeah, I was I was ecstatic. I, I didn't know. That's all the fab I have was 13 fab left. And I was like, please let it work. And it did. So many people think that he's the future quarterback for that team. And I don't know whether he is or isn't. I mean, I, I think it's possible uh for sure possible but you know a lot of people went in thinking that he was that's why i'm surprised he was available to you yeah i don't don't think he's the future personally yeah madman browns fan uh one of those guys that uh that needs to be rostered case keenum um you know i have him i think so you know case keenum first of all yes because Every time he's been a starter, he's been fantasy worthy. Like you can plug him in and he's gotten fantasy points. 
And furthermore, he's played for Kevin Stefanski before in Minnesota. So they have career a career season, in fact. Yeah, career yeah. season familiarity. Um, you know, he could probably go in and do maybe better than Mayfield. You know, we'd have to see. Once once they get their guard back and some of the some of the players that um they, they need on offense, I think that it'll be a little bit different. Um, but I Case Keenum, if if Mayfield gets hurt, I'm confident that Case Keenum is a valuable quarterback for the rest of the season for sure just because of all the things we just said and so he's somebody that you need to own as a backup um you know he's only going to play if mayfield gets hurt though for sure okay. and please never point out again that i'm a browns fan i'm very ashamed <laughs> just kidding everybody knows but like i'm so ashamed they, they've been so bad for so long and i i blame my dad for ever indoctrinating me into that like uh <laughs> it hurts some days physically yeah. They're decent right now, right? It's a dude best record we've had forever. And uh, two of the three games they lost, they could have won. They should have beaten the Raiders this past weekend. And it wasn't Mayfield that cost them the victory. Honestly, it was just some drop, a drop passes, some missed kicks. Just it was just a sloppy game. The defense isn't good against the run. It wasn't Mayfield's fault, which is encouraging because he's lost some games for them for sure. Um, You know, and you know, a couple games they, but looking at their record and their. you know, still in contention to make the playoffs. Holy shit, I'm never in this position. I mean, I'm the guy that saw them play <laughs> against the Patriots in 199, January 1st, 1995. Um, Bill Belichick was coach of the Browns. I'm in the dog pound with my family and friends. Um, they beat the Patriots and then they leave town the next year. Bill Belichick becomes the coach of the Patriots and they have this crazy. Uh, history that everybody knows now and the Browns are an afterthought. And it's so, it's just so demeaning to think about that. Um, all these years, like the insult to injury, don't want to hate Brady. Don't want to hate Belichick, Belichick and all that they did, but it's, it hurts man to think about all that. Um, and the Browns have just been awful since, you know, well, they came back in 99. They've been awful for, you know, 20 years. Finally, they have a good coach and some semblance of an organization and they're playing well. And man, I am happy, but I'm not getting ahead of myself either because I'm <laughs> past. So I'm just like rel- reveling in the good fantasy points, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, it, and this this ties in a little bit to the conversation, in fact. But um, you know, Swags and I were talking yesterday about you know the idea that you know this is this is kind of what you guys are talking about too about you know getting out early. Sometimes like I'm starting to think that there's a strategy there that you want to get out too early. And, you know, sometimes like regardless of the player, regardless of the position, you're going to miss probably more times than not. But the problem is, you know what? A lot of times we're, we're always chasing that elusive cell window. And the problem is if you think you're in a cell window, you're probably not because everybody recognizes it as a cell everybody recognizes that you're in that yeah yeah thank you for granted yeah yeah so you're not gonna get the the return that you know that we all agree you should get because we all agree that that's what he should be worth and so you know that no one's no one's no one's going to you know no one's no one's going to pay that price because they know that the cell window is going to close and we were trying to think of some guys 
um, you know, they, they kind of fall into this category. I've got a quarterback I want to get to in just a second to throw to the dogs here. But uh, first, though, um, <laughs> while, while we're talking Browns, we should we should stay here because we were talking a little bit about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, it could, because it works the same way with the buy window, right? Like, if when when we think that that it's a buy low opportunity on a player, it's usually not because again, everybody everybody sees it that way. So everybody's running for that same player, you know. And and you know, we we always like we fantasize about this scenario where you know this uh, this player Nick Mullins has this monster game. And then on Thursday night, and then we're going to be able to trade him for whatever we want. Trade him for a blank check, right? right. Like that's, <laughs> That'd be great. Right. That was kind Unrealistically of great, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, if, if everybody knows that that's what's happening, are you actually going to get that return for Nick Mullins? I, I, I don't think yeah, so. You're probably going to get less than that. You're right. I mean, because yeah. Yeah, the market already caught up to your your thoughts. And that's the thing. Like, you you almost have to be a week ahead of the curve on all this stuff. Like, you guys have mentioned uh, earlier, you know, day trading. And, like, um, it's not really like that. It's more like... It's more like the people who have drawn the comparisons to uh, the commodities market. It's more like, what are potatoes worth this morning? Mm-hmm. What are, you know, pork bellies worth this evening? I mean, it's it's that yep. kind of dynamic. And you you definitely don't want to sell low and, and, and buy high and all that. But it's okay if you buy high, if you're getting what you paid for. It's okay to sell low if you, you know, did something, you know, you, you didn't like lose a lot, but you got away from somebody that maybe their value decreases. So that whole yeah. everybody talking like they know the stock market. I'm buying, <laughs> no, I'm buying low and selling high. We're, nobody's always yeah. doing that. They're they're not. It's it's a great rule of thumb and it's a fun thing to say. But do are they really? Are they we really selling it. that asset at their highest peak value they're ever going to be? Are they are they you know buying at the lowest you know that stock that player's ever been? No, they're just yeah. a lot of people are doing it honestly too often. I I work with people. Uh, my podcast that one's kind of slow to react to the market or slower and one is overreactionary to the market like every <laughs> little bit, oh my god holy shit he's a day trader like it's who, who are you talking about it, it went up know. and it went down and it went up and so it's fun to be on the extreme to to deal with people on the extremes of that because you can go either way like you can choose yeah. i want to do that with this player i don't want to do it with this player but when you have somebody that does that with every player it's kind of interesting cuz you can really um deal well trade make trades easily with people like that who react very very um responsibly to every little blip and, and blurb in the daily market cuz it is dynamic yeah. players values go up and down but i'm not doing that on a daily basis i'm looking at it more holistically i'm taking a little step back um i don't need to profit incrementally all day long up and down i'm looking for the big sell the big buy i'm looking for the player that's going to help me win the title i'm looking for selling somebody that's going to help me get a player that's helping me win the title next year i'm not really interested in did i win or lose a trade marginally like every fucking time oh sorry every every (laughs) sorry i hopefully can edit that Uh, i'm sorry i don't i don't edit that i uh i think it's all about availability of the player yeah like it's not just like you have a buy low, sell high. Well, if it's a sell high, that player is going to be more available. If it's a 
you know, or is that the right way? I don't know. Pretty much just think about it like availability and also the buy highs to me, I think is where you can actually make your biggest profit with like Fulgham and uh, even James Robinson at the start of the season, you, you could buy high on James Robinson and you're, you're just being ecstatic right now. And it's always, you have to, you know, sort of, it didn't matter. Did it matter that you paid a lot for those players if you win the title? That's been my argument for a long time. And, and it's a silly one, but it, it's kind of something that anybody can relate to. It's like the whole, if you're buying a sports car, like if you buy, if you, if you pay for a Ferrari and you get a Ferrari, are you disappointed? No, I, 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 I freaking got a Ferrari, man. I want, I always wanted a Ferrari. I don't care that I paid for it. I got what I paid for. Now, if you pay for a Ferrari and you get a Prius, you're going to be pissed. Same, same yeah. time, you know, if, you know, with a Prius, you know, if you, if you pay for a Prius and you get a Ferrari, you're going to be ecstatic. But I mean, it really is that simple. Are you happy well, with your purchase or not? Did it help you or not? It doesn't right. matter if you overpaid, if you're in the playoffs and you're going for the title, what, what is the value of an overpay? Right. Well, and, and there's also, you know, kind of on the periphery of the, of, you know, the, the, the mission to to buy low and sell high is this you know often missed certainly underutilized probably even misunderstood concept of arbitrage and i mean we use yeah. the word all over the place right i don't right. know that people really understand what it means necessarily but you know that that's that's where we really kind of need to be looking and you know which is kind of going to bring us back to donald donovan people's jones actually because but, you know, the idea of arbitrage is, you know, if, if you know, while you're, you're buying, um, you know, you're, you're, while you're selling high on one commodity, you're also simultaneously buying low on a similar commodity. You know what I mean? So that, that's, that's really kind of where we can actually make a, a little bit of a profit here. And so, you know, the, my first example is the Seattle Seahawks. For a while there, DK Metcalf was, you know, the, was being considered the wide receiver one in all a dynasty. We were hearing that. I mean, really just like a couple weeks ago. And, and that might still be the case. And you know what? That might even stick. For the entire season, that might, we that might have the legs to get it to the off season, maybe. Uh, I I I'm not so sure because at the same time you still have Tyler Lockett. This is a very similar player, very similar production. Just you know, he he just wasn't he wasn't quite as productive over like a two week stretch as DK Metcalf was. So at that moment, it's like, I mean, if you've got DK Metcalf, you sell him for Tyler Lockett plus. That's arbitrage. So, you know, kind of back to the Browns wide receivers. It's feeling a little bit like that right now, Madman. It's feeling like, and, you know, I'm a Colorado State guy. So, you know, I would love to think that Richard Higgins is going to finally, finally break through this haze and, and become you know, the, the wide receiver that we thought he was going to be. And, you know, while he's at it, maybe Preston Williams and Michael Gallup could do the same, but I'm right. I'm not counting on it. To me, it feels like the guy that everybody's going after is Richard Higgins. The guy who's being ignored is the one that you want to go buy right now. There's an actual buy low opportunity on Donovan Peoples Jones 
Yeah. Because nobody's even talking about him. Yeah, I mean, I think people are in Dynasty, especially. I mean, he's a known quantity. People people know of him because he was such a. I mean, I don't want to call him uh, DK Metcalf or Nikhil Harry, but he was that kind of recruit in college. He was that kind of athlete when he went to Michigan. He was a known quantity in Debbie circles, and it was a disappointment that it, you know Michigan's not turning out churning out receivers like other schools, like Penn State, like Ohio State. They're, they're just not doing it. I mean, to hell, Purdue. And, you know, is doing it better than Michigan for whatever reason. They're not. Their quarterbacks haven't been great. They haven't been turning developing receivers. DPJ has a great profile, bigger receiver, fast. I mean, it's a kid who's willing to play um, in the return game as a returner, you know, in the kicking game in college and, and on the Browns. And it's not like he's a small, you know, super quick little guy. He's a bigger player who has speed and he plays that pretty well. Um, he's willing to do all that stuff. There's there's no knocks against him. He's still he's still that five star sort of um, recruited athlete, right? That went to Michigan. Only he's playing for the Browns now, and they're developing and like developing him. And like you said about uh, Stefanski early on, he has an ability to um, develop players. Harrison Bryant's been developing at tight end in a two tight end set offense. Uh, the running backs all look good. Um, the the offense. Um, the uh, the blocking that they've been doing in the running game when they had that guard that got hurt um, in the game, it was amazing what they were able to do from last year to this year. It's a great opportunity for Donovan Peoples Jones, and I think people do realize that in Dynasty that that he's a buy. And I've seen just talked about this earlier today. People going after him instead of Rashard Higgins, thinking that he's the third receiver. He's definitely a buy and somebody you want because of his price in Dynasty. But Higgins is the next man up because of his ability to play all the positions on the offense right now. I mean, he's the next guy up to replace OBJ. Not the natural mm-hmm. fit like like Donovan Peoples-Jones is ultimately, but he was the, the, the backup for Odell Beckham Jr. So he's a plug-in in that spot. Plus he can play the slot. Plus he can play the other side. I mean, he's the guy that the next guy up in three wides because he's – available and and able to do all that other stuff but yeah. long term donovan people's jones definitely is the guy that you want i don't think rashad higgins is going to hold on to that job i mean you're talking about a clutch receiver you saw what he did uh last week um it was him and dpj that won that game for the browns in yep. cincinnati at the end of the game it was higgins 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 people's jones i mean it was people higgins didn't drop a ball Neither does people. Neither did Peoples Jones. So those are viable receivers. But I think you know if you're in redraft, you're probably thinking Higgins, right? Um, this season, you're thinking Higgins in dynasty. DPJ is real because I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be on the Browns. Certainly not after 2021, because in 2022 and 2023, they take no hit in getting rid of him, no cap penalty at all. So they could definitely move on from him and. You know, they have guys backing up and, you know, he's expensive. He's the average of 14 or 15 million a season to pay OBJ. So, um, you know, it's not uncanny to think that at some point soon, DP Donovan Peoples-Jones is either the second receiver, uh, certainly the third receiver in three wides and Higgins and, and uh, Odo Beckham Jr. aren't in play at all. So the long-term play, sorry, long, <laughs> long story short, the long, the long play is Donovan Peoples-Jones definitely acquire him because as John said, He's cheap, inexpensive and, as hell, and 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 it feels like he's got the upside. Like uh, you know, for dynasty purposes, like 
like, yeah. uh, you know, like you alluded to essentially kind of what we're looking for is, you know, and it's, it's a little bit of a moonshot here, right? But we're looking for if Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer a part of the Cleveland Browns after this 2020 season, who becomes that alpha wide receiver? I feel like we've seen enough to of Rashard Higgins at this point to know it's not going to be him. He can be a solid producer for them. He can definitely be bench, you know, depth for them. But, you know, if somebody was going to step into that alpha role, at least to me, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. But I've got another guy that I want to talk about. It's kind of been a while since we've heard from Swag. So I'm going to I'm going to go after him real quick here. Uh, a guy well, that I so so can I put one thought to that really quick? Sure. So I think another important piece of this and um, the market and trading isn't always the, like an important part of the market is knowing who's in yours and um, not always needing to sell high or sell low on players, but even somebody like Higgins, like you guys made me feel like Higgins is the sell here, whereas Donovan Peoples Jones is the buy. So you need to find the yep. proper team to sell Higgins to that maybe they're a little bit more excited about him than you. Maybe they're hurting. They're, they're not thinking quite the way we, you guys just did about him. So he's the sell, but then you need to find the proper place to sell him. And you instantly think it's the Odell Beckham jr. Owner. And it might not be. And, and here's the problem with the market is you want to go get what you want. And they, they, it might not work. That team might not be interested in your market just because you're interested in theirs. So what you need to do is go find the team that is interested in your market and then find something that works within their team that could appease to you or help you somehow in the future. It doesn't always, you can't just always go get what you want. There has to be a reason for that team to make the trade with for you. I mean, maybe it's selling Ben Danucci to somebody for a fourth. You have to find that team that either had like the bye week trouble or a really serious need. Like, so maybe this week you go sell, like, I don't know, Garrett Gilbert to the Goff <laughs> owner or the Wentz owner or the Jimmy G owner or the Baker Mayfield owner. Shit, maybe somebody's starting Joe Burrow at this week and you need to go to one of those teams that's on a bye week and. They, they might just give you a fourth round pick for something you just got off waivers for free. Exactly. And I love what you said about Danucci. And the, and you could really dress up the sale of Danucci by just, you have to talk to the owner and you have to be like, I'm trying to move you, Ben Danucci. And you, you yeah. sell it like that. And they're like, oh, hell, I want to buy a piece of that. Like you, yeah. you definitely need to say Danucci. And they, and, and they I mean, hear I that and they're like, somebody, I want this player. Yeah, I talked to somebody just today that said they offered somebody a fourth for Danucci last week and they were rejected and they were so glad. And it's just a fourth. It's just a fourth round pick. But the problem is, is then that you're on the other side of the market and you need to understand what you have there in Ben Danucci and just move on. Like you don't need to feel like you you don't need to have like I can't wait to put this on Twitter because everybody it's going to be 90 percent on my side. Like you don't need to have that feeling every time. Like just even no, you just know. need to get something to help your team and not worry about it. Do you guys get that? You know, with offers, somebody sends you they're like, hey, what, what do you want for Benny Snell? I'll give you a you know, I'll give you a second. And then Benny Snell has a stinker of a week. You didn't trade him, right? And then the next week, they're like, hey, what do you want for Benny Snell? By the way, it's going to be less than I was willing to give you last week. I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, no it isn't if you like, want i didn't move him last week i'll tell you what if you want benny snell i'll trade him this week for a second last week i wasn't willing to do that but you know you yeah. have those people that are like you know shitty about it and you yeah. know 
It's like was Benny Snell in a major car accident or something <laughs> over the like? No, the, and I hate the last car accident, but that was funny. Is he in a vegetative state right now, where like when he wakes up, he totally forgot how to play football? Like yeah, that's what was the only way that makes it to the next, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, he's he's the same well, guy, <laughs> dude. And that's such a good point, because I think even sometimes we get caught up in that is then when like Connor goes down and man, I've been here. Don't get me wrong. But then Connor goes down and now you all of a sudden want way too much for Benny Snell. Like you you give him this value that shouldn't be there. It's not always like this sell high window, but it's a sell window. Like you can finally just have an ease of trade, get rid of him for fair market value. Again, you don't need to feel like you fleece somebody and. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to get I, fair market value sometimes. I had that with uh, Chase Edmonds. I couldn't get enough for him. The 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 best offer I got was Michael Gallup straight up, and I I just felt like I could do better. Gallup and, guy, and, yeah. and, and, and I just you know, I mean, I like him fine, but I just felt like I could do better than that. Like if that's your best offer, just forget it. Like give me a couple seconds, give me something. I don't want Michael Gallup, but um, it, it was one of those things that went back and forth for a long time, and I'm fine with trading away you know, Chase Edmonds, but I'm not just going to give him away. I know what he's worth. Yeah. And Swags, you mentioned Justin Jackson. Same idea right there. Everybody's pretty high on him. I know I like him, but yeah, if you can get a a third and maybe like a, like a Duvernay or a Cephas, why not? Yeah. The well runs out eventually on a lot of those players and you, yep. you just end up with empty stacks, but John, I apologize though. Who was the other player? Yeah, sorry, we, we went off. No, you're, <laughs> you're good. I, I, I mean, uh, it was partly that I wanted to uh, to drag you back into the conversation. You're definitely going to have something to say uh, when we start talking about Tua, but um, I think I'm also mm-hmm. I'm I'm equally curious what the other guys think because I don't I don't actually know at this point. Get some um, Skip Bayless in here. <laughs> yeah, let's might as well some Colin Coward. Let's yeah, let's 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 go ahead and uh, let's start dunking on him, and then uh, and then we can uh, see what the other half thinks. But um, I, but I I will start with you, Swags, because I know how you feel about Tua, and it's uh, it's not positive. You hate him. You you can't stand him. It's fine. Like he's he's kind of the worst quarterback in the I'm, league, as far as you're concerned. That's I, okay. That's not even fair. <laughs> I'm on record saying I, I put Burrow behind him just like a couple weeks ago. Really? I think you were here. I feel like huh. your voice was a part of this. It very um, well might have been. I, and, I think I was just uh I was just overwhelmed by your Herbert love. It was getting oh, a little out of control. So uh-huh. yeah. yeah, man. We we have a camaraderie <laughs> there. I love Justin. Love Herbert. me some Herbert. Just don't even get me yeah, don't um, get me started. Who, a, who doesn't right now? But that's that's and that's part of my question though is you know mm-hmm. Herbert's value skyrocketed. Uh, yeah, and and it very well might be at I won't call it its peak, but I mean it's about as high as it can get. Brian this Hart early said QB two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The next Bat Mahomes. Yeah, there, we drafted him at QB three. So, uh, but there's there's no shortage of hyperbole right now. So just with Tua, me. though, I, I'm going to handle Tua like I would have handled anything out of Week One, and I'm not going to overreact off yeah. of um, the bad game. I mean, honestly, like that's that's what it was. His first game in the NFL. I mean, he did have like what the three throws in the game before but uh i'm not gonna overreact because he underwhelmed in that game and so um not worried 
and here here's why I want to talk to him or talk to you guys about him is because I mean for one thing, you know, one of my friends, and I don't even remember who it was now, DM'd me on Twitter and was asking uh, apologize <laughs> apologies to whoever it was because uh yeah, I can't remember. I I got so many <laughs> secret friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of one of my many super friends came to me asking, "What would you trade to a for, you know, straight up? Like, where's his value at right now?" And I it, it got me thinking because I feel like there's more to right now. There's more to Tua than what we saw at Alabama. There's more to Tua than you know what we saw in his first week as a starter. There's a lot yeah, of for sure. There's some external context right now to Tua. First of all. We've already seen two rookie quarterbacks absolutely killing it. Two guys, two rookie quarterbacks from this draft class shooting up into the, you know, the first couple rounds of startup ADP, it looks like. Um, where, yeah, one expected to do well and one completely yeah. out of right field. Nobody expected to even maybe be a starter by now. Yeah. Doing even better than the, you know, the top guy, really. Yeah. But and, and these guys already look like they're headed for top five wide or top five quarterback type value in in dynasty superflex. You know, we're we're looking at first, second round guys. The, that's where you're gonna have to get those guys as early as this offseason. So there's a little bit of proof of concept with this rookie class, is especially with the quarterbacks. That's number one. Number two, there's also a little bit of uh, uh, the rest of the rookie class is lacking right now in a pretty big way. We're not getting what we thought, certainly out of those those running backs. To me, I mean, we've had some some pleasant surprises at wide receiver, but you know, we also we we haven't got what we expected out of you know, obviously Jalen Rager. Not his fault; he's been hurt, but still. Um, Jerry Judy uh, is the number one in that offense. We haven't it, it, we haven't gotten what we were expecting just yet. And I don't think we ever that. will with Judy. But anyway, really, yeah, nah, I, I don't. With 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 and with rookie wide receivers, I always you know temper expectations, anyways. But you know, if you were looking for contributors out of this rookie class, it's basically Burrow, it's Herbert. It's Claypool, uh, you know. Higgins, but, Higgins. Like, yeah, Higgins. Higgins is coming on for sure. Um, man, even Justin then, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, those he's are the, flashed those at like, times. James Robinson also can't Robinson forget him. I know for sure. Drafted high, but Robinson. But it's few. It's few. I mean, Robinson is is the RB one out of this rookie class at the moment, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's like RB five to RB six in scoring overall. You know. Yeah. Like if we were redoing this rookie draft, I think that you, like knowing what we know now, I think you take just you take James Robinson over those other guys. But <laughs> I, I mean, it's it, and it's a tough sell in Dynasty. I get it, but man, Robinson's the only one helping you right now. Yeah, bottom line. So, yeah, but so you John, know, so, in that uh, that mock draft we're doing, you took yeah. you took Lamar Jackson one eleven, and then Joe Burrow went right after him at one twelve. Yep. And then yeah. it came back to you and you got Rogers at 202. And then I took Herbert at 203. And then the next rookie taken was Clyde Edwards at 207. Yeah. Ahead of everybody. 
Yeah. And that still, feels they're still getting it wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. I was just gonna say that's too early. <laughs> You're taking CH too early. Yeah, Metcalf way too early. Yeah, I agree. Metcalf went one oh six. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah, those but those rookie running backs are really kind of throwing things off. And, and I get it with an ADP draft, it's a little bit different. Um, and I know that you take this approach, Swags, where you're just kind of trying to adjust our ADP a little bit with your draft. So I had to take Kelsey. I had to take Kelsey. Kelsey fell and it, it, yeah. it screwed up the ADP because I couldn't take a quarterback there because I was like, what is Kelsey doing in the three third round? I mean, because I right. always assume tight end premium in those as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I got Kelsey and then all the wrong rookie running backs went off the board. So I had to take <laughs> all the wrong ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, when, seriously though, it was Clyde Edwards was gone. Um, Jonathan Taylor was gone. Dobbins was gone. Swift was still there. Yeah. I mean, even if there wasn't a tight end print, man, there's <laughs> so many different rants to go on and we're not even <laughs> getting to Tua. But like, even if there's not a tight end premium, <laughs> like Travis Kelsey is a second round startup pick just by virtue of the fact that he is the only tight end right now yeah. who does anything for you. Like he's, he's kind of, he's wide receiver one range at, from the tight exactly. end position. Should be going and the he's He's the only one. We don't even have Kittle anymore. We don't have Ertz anymore. We don't have Mark Andrews right at the moment. I don't know what hap- what happened to him, but it's like maybe bad, he got yeah. in the same accident as uh, as Benny Snell and forgot how to play football. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. So okay, we digress big time, big time. So anyways, yeah. So we've got a rookie class w- right now where the only thing really working is the quarterback position. Yeah. Yep. That's that's number two, kind of the external factors working on Tua. Number three is the quarterback position as a whole is very top heavy right now. And you know, kind of at the bottom, at the bottom end, we're we're kind of running into some guys that you can't trust at all. Like like I, you know, certainly injuries have been an issue, but even you know, even beyond injuries, like who, who feels good right now about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo up to this point, right right at the moment, you know, no confidence at all. Um, Right. Andy Dalton, when he gets back, like, you know, there's, there's Nick Foles. Like there's so many guys, if you went late round quarterback, there's so many guys who are just absolutely failing you right now. And it makes, you know, the possibility that maybe you're getting something even close to Burrow or Herbert with Tua, it, it, to me, at least it, it makes it feel like there's, there's an extra little bit of stardust. There's an extra little bit of, of glow around Tua. And we don't know any of this right now. We don't, we don't know what it's going to be, but you know, there's, there's some, there's just an extra boost on his value. I think for all of those reasons that I mentioned. And like so a I'm premium attached to him at this point because of the success of the other quarterbacks, exactly. the name cachet, the, just all of it. Like we, mm-hmm. what we expect from Tua, let's pay for that because it's like the golden ticket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like if you were to redraft this rookie class, I think you probably go back, you go Herbert, maybe first overall Burroughs number two. 
And I uh-huh. think two is number three. And then whoever's at number four is feeling like crap. <laughs> you know, they're like, I, I don't really want anything. I guess CD lamb. I don't, I don't really right. want it. whoever it is. It's not CEH. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not really any of those running backs now. So yeah, it, it, and it just, it makes it feel like Tua didn't even have to do anything. Just kind of ride the wave. Yeah, just up show up. He that. just had to show up in the class yeah. of quarterbacks in this rookie class. And that's pretty much been the case since he was drafted. Really, everybody just kind of like he's been kind of given a pass like this. He's going to be healthy eventually and he's going to play for, you know, Miami. This is going to happen. And and so, yeah, I think you're right. Like he's yeah. just included because of the success of the other two, because it was thought that he was, if not the best quarterback in this class, certainly no, no worse than second. And now when you see Herbert doing well, I think that people extrapolate that to thinking Tua's got to be better than that, or at least as good as that, right? Who knows if he is? We don't know. But that's the presumption at this point is that he's going to be as good or better than that, right? Yeah. And that's that's where I'm curious. And I'm actually going to start with you, Jacob. I want to – because you're very much into trade values. Like, to you, you know, first of all, like, what's the – what's the – What's the other side of this that uh, that I'm kind of missing? And number two, I mean, yeah, just straight up, like what's what's to his value right now, despite the fact that, I mean, we only have one game to go off of. Yeah, two is, two is an interesting guy, but I think he's, you know, easily a top 12 quarterback. And that's partly like we mentioned, the quarterback position as a whole is pretty ugly. Like you have like at the – like early QB two range, you have like Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, you know? So for me too, is easily top 12. And I think it's more looking at what we talked about before with those QBs that may have a decrease in value coming up. Uh, someone that I think should be talked about more is Baker Mayfield. Sure. He's looked good recently, but he's looked worse more than he's looked good. Honestly. And that's concerning to me. And so, like, if you could send a trade like Baker Mayfield and Marquise Brown for Tua and maybe another pick or another player, I'd do that all day. Like, Marquise Brown's been disappointing as well so far. And I just haven't been really excited about the wide receiver position for the Ravens as a whole. And I know we have a a Browns fan right here, so I don't know how you feel about that, Madman. But in general, I'm looking to acquire Tua. He was a, a buy high before he even played a game. Because yeah, I think- I, I'd I'd gladly trade away Baker Mayfield. I'm not you know I'm not bound to him in that draft class. I wanted Sam Darnold. I still do. I, I feel sorry for Sam Darnold. Really, I do. I think um, no, maybe he's not a great quarterback, but the fact that he went to the New York Jets and he's dealt with what he's had to do there this whole time. I mean, it's not an ideal situation. Um, he was my favorite personality of the quarterbacks in this class. And when it comes to quarterbacks, I value. Um, listening to them talk and seeing how they command a room. And when I saw him answer questions at, uh, in Indianapolis, he was heads and shoulders, head and shoulders above all the other quarterbacks answering questions. Um, and he didn't know what the questions were. I mean, it was just like, he's answering questions. He, he just seemed like the kid next door. Who's a really good athlete, a lot like Justin Herbert, to be honest, like as far as just kind of an unassuming guy answers your questions, shows up and throws the shit out of the football. That's what I, I kind of expected Darnold to be more like Herbert, and I wanted him for the Browns. I don't care that much about Baker Mayfield. I will say that the people who are down on him, he's actually done well 
given the circumstances. Another new coach, another new offense, all that. Stefanski loves what he's doing operating in it. Is he ever going to score the kind of points that, you know, other quarterbacks do in, um, you know, a better passing, uh, uh, a more proficiently passing off oriented offense? Maybe not, but they're passing a lot. I think he's doing fine. I don't think I would give up Baker Mayfield and Marquise Brown for Tua. I wouldn't fault you if you did. I think if you if you like Tua that much, that's a fair trade. I, I was really down on Marquise Brown coming out of college based on his size. I think he's done well, uh, well, well for the Ravens. But if I have a roster where I'm starting 11 players, I think I want Mayfield and I think I want Marquise Brown instead of Tua. And I'm going to start both of those guys. And I think I'll do better than if I only started Tua instead of those two. But, you know, if I'm only starting nine, maybe the trade for Tua would be better because Tua is marginally going to score more points than Mayfield. I think you could argue that. But I think it's really close. But that the, the argument you made still stands. People want to jump on the, the wave, the crest, and ride Tua and Mayfield seems like a slob at this point. And, you know, the, and um, I'm not a huge Mayfield fan in general, but as far as his role in the Browns offense, I think you kind of have to wait, you know, let's see how this season pans out. Um, if you love Tua, wouldn't fault you for making that trade because you're trading away guys that might not be consistent for maybe a player who's going to get you those points at quarterback. So I think that's a real close and, and a good, a good sort of, um, Hey, what do you think, side A or side B? It's it's actually a really good uh, argument. And you bring up a good point too with league starting size. That's a lot of people don't talk about that with trades, but it's so huge. Yeah, if you have start eleven, you know you want you want the player side because depth is so important. I'm in one start eleven league, and it's painful whenever you have a couple injuries happen. It's it's brutal. Versus like a start ten league, it's more. It's you can make those type of trades and not feel as bad. And then start nine is usually like 14 team leagues for me and uh, a little bit more doable, especially if you can, you know, make a good couple of good waiver picks and all that. But yeah, a lot of people, you know, they post the poll on Twitter and, you know, you got to ask them like, what's the starting, what's the starting roster size? Yeah, you don't for sure. that, it's so hard to like evaluate trades. And I know people like sort of look down on that when you want to get more context when you evaluate a trade for them. But I mean, it, it can make the difference between which side you feel more strongly to fit, you know, in a close trade. And, um, you know, my favorite thing is if, if I can have a start one, okay, super flex league, one to seven, one to six, one to six, whatever. Um, flexibility, I'm only, I only have to start one in a position and I can start up to six or whatever. Uh, that's my wheelhouse. I'm probably going to make the playoffs in that league. Um, I'm confident that, you know, that's kind of like my thing. And then, um, it, it start 11. I love that because I almost always have good depth. That's my thing. And, and so I'm, I am, uh, at a disadvantage when it start like nine or whatever, because I, I have four players and I'm like, which, I don't know which one to start. Who am I sitting? And I can't, so I end up trading two for one in leagues like that so that I can just marginally increase my starting lineup a little bit more. And I don't want to do that, but it just, it helps me in the long run. I love start 11 and I love when I have that flexibility one to six where I can just kind of really build up the depth at a position and just crush people because, you know, it's so flexible. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but I mean that, I mean, I just sit there and I go like, you know, I'm like the madman cometh. Like, thank you. <laughs>
I'm going to have to watch out for you in HQ3 then. That's we're in that league together. I know uh, I have your 2021 first, so I'm hoping I'm hoping you keep uh losing a couple of games that make me really happy. Dude, is that the one where I have all the rookies? I know there's one of the is, leagues where I have like 952 rookies <laughs> like I have. I was just scrolling through it, and yeah, it's it's unlimited taxi squad for everybody, and like Jacob Eason, Bowden, McFarland, and like eight other rookies on his team, and obviously Nick Chubb injury isn't going to help you at all, and uh, yeah, I, that that league's been fun though. I did a productive struggle, so it's been an interesting learning experience for me. Yeah, it's fun, man. I love the listener leagues. Thanks for being in there. Your job is to make Madman's team a little bit worse to make that pick a little bit better. <laughs> right. I think he could probably uh, successfully do both in that one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Real quick. Um, just let's just go around the horn. We'll go, we'll go uh, clockwise here. So Jacob swags, then Madman. Uh to his value straight up. Are we going like picks? Um, yeah, you could do it that way. You could do player. You could do, you could call it oh, pick gosh. equivalent. I mean, however I would say you my trade of like Baker Mayfield and Marquise Brown in a 12 team start 10. It's pretty, pretty solid. Even like a Aaron Rodgers and Jarvis Landry, that's probably stabbing mm-hmm. at your soul, John, but I think that's an even trade right there. No way. I want Rodgers and Landry. <laughs> Aaron Dude, Jarvis Landry is never. one of the best players in the league. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing I love about that. I, I, I was so glad the Browns got him. I liked him well before that when he was at and, LSU. I wanted them to draft him. He is that kind of player. God, everybody needs that kind of player on their team. Just every down that guy competes. It's amazing. He blocks. If he's not blocking, he's taunting. If he's not taunting, he's catching a touchdown. It's amazing. And Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is the best person in, the, <laughs> like, on the planet. Yeah, so, close. Yeah. I, I sound like I, I think it, I Jacob, hit a nerve we're right off there. To I, don't, a bad I don't know what's stuff. going on. <laughs> everybody knows. Don't you, you leave my Aaron Rodgers alone. <laughs> Um, you've made this tough for me you kind of made me not want to pay as much as I might have if you didn't talk Um, I'm going to say I'll give you Daniel Jones a second and Todd Gurley Hmm. You, you can keep it. I'm I'm keeping Tua. <laughs> I'm just joking. That I, I don't. I'm not going to give much for Tua, but I think in that case, you you know, you can keep those. Stuff, you know, you can keep it. Yeah. RB, what is he like? RB seven or something? Close. I mean, definitely a top ten guy. Yeah. John's still thinking about it. Um. I'm, did I'm you trying just to accidentally think that... hit accept? I'm not reversing this shit, dude. <laughs> oh, did you uh, send a trade? That's hilarious. No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you did. I would I would sell I would I or I would I would buy Tua for that. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell mm. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. For that. I yeah. Part of it is I don't I don't know that I trust Daniel Jones. Like that's and and I mean, we're we're past time. It's it's going to be another episode, but uh, at some point, real soon, we need to talk about Daniel Jones. Um, he he's he's concerning. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he's agree. the human red flag. Right yeah. Now. Um. All right, man. Man, give us a give us a a a value on uh, on Tua. 
I, I don't know what I'd trade for Tua. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I like the player, and I'm giving you a for instance, what I would trade away to acquire him is tough. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you know it, it's one of those things where you're trading a quarterback to get a quarterback because no one's going to move that player. Um, mm-hmm. In in picks, you're not going to. I'm not going to give up enough picks to acquire uh, to acquire him. I, I won't do it. I give up enough value in picks to do it. Um, how about you know, how I, about 2021? Locked in 101. Anyone doing that? Ooh, wow. A 101 Trevor, overall for Tua? No. I want the Trevor, 101. Trevor Lawrence or Tua, I guess, is what we're saying. I'll no. Take a 101. I, go I want Justin Fields over Tua. I want maybe Trevor Lawrence over oh, Tua. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. What so about, by, uh, by the yeah, way, I, because I don't think I, I love Tua, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's in that class of player quite. I, I don't. But, Will okay. you give me um, Tua and a first for Deshaun Watson? What Would I? A different way. Would I do that? Yeah. I I love Deshaun Watson, but I don't think I would give you Tua and the first for him. But I mean, I I don't think I'd do it. But I I honestly think it's probably worthwhile to do that. I think mm-hmm. Watson's one of the best in the league. Uh, right now and i don't know what, how long it'll take to it to get there so i think you could justify that trade i don't think i'd pay that much what if it's a, a tracking to be a later first you're you're a contender you've got to uh and and uh, yeah. the, the chance to upgrade to watson i i, I think i might do that yeah like the let's say i'm trading away the 112 because that's what i always have no, <laughs> <laughs> i wish i'm trading away the 112 <laughs> I'm trading away the one for you and Tua for Watson. I would do that. I love Watson. I do. I think he's one. I think he's top shelf, top three, top four guy in this league, and it's tough to get into that spot. Yeah, Jacob, earliest first you would give along with Tua for Deshaun Watson. And my one twelve's already been traded. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking like one oh nine, one ten, like anything above that. Hmm. I'd probably. I'd probably hold off. But then again, if I'm like, if I think that it launches me into being a contender, like we mentioned, you don't have to win every trade. If, if it's going to make me a top end contender and like maybe it's someone else's first, it's like 1.06. I do it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, for a guy with a giant beard, you're really smart, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I like what, what you that just mean? said. That was really, that was really good. He's a good fit here on the super team. <laughs> I'm just that, as is the madman. We got we got the madman. Uh just as a as a permanent member of the super team. We've got Jake the Snake Vines, permanent member of the super team. Of course, Swagzilla is a permanent <gasps> member whoa, whoa. of the super team. So you can also catch those guys. Let's see, Swag's on uh rookie fever, uh Snakes on Snake in the Draft, and Madman on Dynasty Trades HQ. Episode um, 150 this week. Yes, sir. coming what? up. We have That's a special awesome, guest man. this week. Stay tuned. It might I be heard, at heard. Superflex Dude. I don't know. But, man, <laughs> uh, kudos to you guys, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah thank man, you, guys. That's, that, yeah. That's, that's been one of the best podcasts out there since it hit the airwaves, like from day one. It, thank you, man. A, such a Who fun knew, one, man? So. Remember when you were like uh, our – you were basically our de facto host because Sykes yeah. was out of commission with his family stuff going on. And uh, you were one of the first, uh, the you basically hurricane. took his spot for a couple episodes. And uh, yeah, the yeah. hurricane is his grandma 
got ill and um, old John just stepped right in and and took that role up and, and we were just a few episodes in and he helped us kind of carry that momentum. So we always think about that every, every annual, is that the word? Every year, you know, <laughs> comes around, we, we think of John and how he helped us get this going. So, yeah, man, that was fun. But yeah, I left the, the super flexible studio for a day to jump over to the trades HQ studio and then ended up leaving the super flexible studio altogether. Turned yeah. it into swag. So yeah, this, it's, this is an incestuous group. I'm so sure. really <laughs> to the point that when you introduced us the first time, you had to do it twice because you were like, you were like, this is, and this is super flexible. Oh, sorry guys. And, and this I is the dynasty trades like, HQ. Do it again? <laughs> yeah. I, I still remember that it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. And man, it's going to be fun to, uh, to record episode 150. So make sure and check that out. But again, you can catch these guys every single week on uh the various super flex yeah as members of the super team (laughs) we've got another another big announcement coming massive announcement now that the team's all built uh so that's coming very soon keep an eye out for that but uh for the moment yeah i mean it's just so good to have the team together awesome to get an opportunity to talk with with snakes and madman to go along with swags Uh, But we're going to wrap it up there for the week. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed. And do us a huge favor once you've uh, subscribed to the Super Show. Rate and review the show. It helps us to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. You you can also get at us on Twitter, at SuperFlexShow, but even better, individually. Hit us up individually. Swag's is at Swagzilla0G. Uh, Snakes is at JSnake underscore DFF. And Jeremy's at Dynasty Madman. And I'm at Superflex Dude. This episode dedicated in loving memory to James Brancatulis. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy. And super flexy.